The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Bob Dylan may have won the Nobel Peace Prize for Literature last week. However, I'm the permanent annual winner of the Nobel Pleasure Prize for Outstanding Achievement in Advancing the Alpha Male Good Life, serving as a beacon of light to those desiring to pursue litation, libation, and fornication. We apologize for none of those aforementioned items. Guilt is not an option here on the Cigar Dave Show, while others may want you to apologize for being an alpha male. For having raging amounts of testosterone, we shall do nothing of the sort, nothing of the kind here on the Cigar Dave Show. You have found a beacon of light, a beacon of pleasure. We welcome you for the next two hours as we enjoy alpha male good life maneuvers, cigars, spirits, diversions, dice, dames. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Long ash greetings and salutations. A long ash snappy salute. Semper delicatio. Always pleasure. The global alpha and global general front and center command center alpha. Humidor 1A in the cigar city. And of course, we welcome you. And as always, don't forget, follow me. 24-7, 365 via social media. Go to our website, CigarDave.com. A plethora, a plethora of items related to the alpha male good life and the alpha male lifestyle, including all of our archives, a live continuous stream of the previous week's show, and you can sign up for all our social media feeds, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And I should tell you that this past week after the debate, I did a change of pace Instead of tweeting play-by-play during the presidential debate, I think maybe I tweeted one or two, maybe three items, I decided I would do a Periscope broadcast immediately afterward. Five minutes after the debate ended, I did. It was on for about 25 minutes, gave you my reactions. We had some nice uh, interaction with our fellow alphas across the globe, and be on the lookout for more of those. I think we will definitely do more of those. You never know when it's going to hit me. When I just decide I'm going to do it, bam, you'll see it on the Twitter feed. We'll probably do some Facebook Live. You just never know what uh, when we're going to do it. If I'm in the mood and it hits me, bam, I'm going to be doing it. Last week, I informed you that via executive presidential order, Barack Obama lifted the limits on Cuban cigars being able to be brought into the United States from Cuba and now from any other country. Initially, you could not bring in Cuban cigars from any other country with the exception of Cuba, which he relaxed earlier part of this year. You could bring $100 worth of 
cigars or $100 worth of rum, Cuban liquor, up to a maximum total Cuban goods of $400. So $400 of which $100 could be in cigars, $100 could be in rum or other Cuban alcohol. Well, a week ago yesterday, Obama issued that executive order, and he lifted the $100 limit on Cuban cigars that travelers can bring into the United States. And I briefly spoke about it last week, but I want to clarify it because I've received many emails, many calls, many calls from cargo companies, people that I know in the airline and cargo business, asking me for clarification. And it's still somewhat confusing. But I wanted to clarify that, and I can tell you that right off the bat, the cigar manufacturers here in the United States who make their cigars in the Dominican Republic, in Honduras, in Nicaragua, even here in the United States, they are beyond apoplectic. They are not only incensed, but they believe that Obama has given an unfair advantage to the Cuban cigar industry, which he has. Let me explain. Right now, the Cuban cigar correction, the cigar manufacturers based in the United States, any manufacturer that wants to sell a cigar in the United States, is now subject to FUDA approval. And we know what the U in FU stands for, an FUDA. Up to now, the, those manufacturers have had to pay a 53% excise tax with a maximum amount of 40 cents per cigar. So a 53% excise tax on every cigar being made with a 40 cent cap. So the Rocky Patels, the Padrones, the J.C. Newmans, the Davidoffs, the Fuentes, the Monte Cristos, the, the Romeo y Julietas, they've all been subject to that. Every cigar that they sell in the United States, a 53% excise tax. And what does that fund? That funds the bull chip, or as I call it, the, it's the S-chip, the student, or correction, the, uh, the Children's Health Initiative, or Health Insurance Program, the State Children's Health Initiative Program, which, by the way, Felon Hillary came up with. Funded by, initially, a small excise tax, $0.05 cents on a cigar. Then it was raised to 53% with a $0.40 cent cap. Now, when she talked about it earlier this week in the debate, again, she didn't mention, I want to thank all these cigar manufacturers and the cigar connoisseurs in the country for paying for the children's health insurance program. Never did that. Yet, if you're a cigar connoisseur, you're paying for it. So the... Cigar manufacturers based here in the United States, every cigar is subject to an excise tax, 53% max 40 cents. And now with the new FUDA deeming regulations, which were enacted back in May, they now, every cigar manufacturer, will be subject to registration and filing fees. They have to register every brand. They have to go through blend testing. They have to go through blend registrations. And by the way, many of the blends that were launched after 2009 can no longer be sold unless you can prove that the new blends are similar to the blends prior to 2009. Additionally, there's going to be factory inspections, user fees, translated more taxes, taxes to be abused and regulated by the FUDA. So the American cigar manufacturers all of a sudden have to are hit with this nonsense, all this excessive regulation. And what happens? Obama, in a slap in the face to the cigar industry in this country, to the workers of the cigar industry in this country, 
unilaterally says, we are going to change the rules. And so he did. So instead of bringing back $100 worth of cigars, now you can bring back pretty much an unlimited amount of cigars. And there's some question about that. Some people are saying, well, it's $800 worth of cigars without having to pay duty. And if it's more than that, and as long as it's for personal consumption or to give as gifts, not for resale, you can bring more once every 31 days, even from other countries beside Cuba. Cuba. So if you go to Canada, you go to Mexico, you go to Bahamas, you go to Spain, you go to, uh, you go to Brazil, and you bring back Cuban cigars, 100% legal. But there are some questions. Because now we're seeing that, first of all, these, as I said, the cigar manufacturers are incensed. But I received two calls this week. One from a friend who is in the airline cargo business in South Florida, and another one who is in the airline business who I, I, knew, I know through a friend, not very well, in the southwestern port part of the country. And they both called me saying, we received calls from businesses, companies, people who would like to charter an aircraft. Does not a, I'm not talking about like a 737, but I'm talking about a large prop uh, aircraft. And they would like several pallets of Cuban cigars to be brought into the country. What is it legal? Can I do this? What's the story? Well, my answer was, that's a very good question. Because... What Obama did unknowingly by opening this up and saying, okay, you can bring as many as you want, but anything after $800 is going to be subject to a duty. And by the way, go to the border and customs and immigration border page. Good luck trying to figure out what that is. Is it 1.5%? Is it 4%? Is it 100%? Tough to find out. Typical government bureaucracy. So they called me saying these two, two companies, individuals, are looking to bring, and they're talking about 30 boxes or 50 boxes, they are talking about thousands of boxes and with the proviso that they need to be on that plane so when they come in, they can declare it. Because remember, you can't just import it. It's only on your personal possession. But it doesn't say how many suitcases you can bring or how many pallets of cargo you can bring. So there is a big question mark on that. Now, you know people that are bringing back thousands of boxes of Cuban cigars, they're not going to give those away as gifts. They're going to, they've just created a black market to sell those. And who are they hurting? They're hurting the legitimate cigar retailers in this country who, again, are subject to the taxes and the regulations from alcohol, tobacco, and firearms and their state ATFs. They're hurting the cigar manufacturers here in the country who have to go through regulation and registration and government boondoggle and government interference as well as 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 excise tax and yet all of a sudden obama with the stroke of a pen gives an unfair advantage to the cuban cigar industry which doesn't have to file for any regulation doesn't have to file their brands doesn't have to submit their factories for testing isn't subject to the federal excise tax so you tell me who is getting screwed in this deal the american worker the American business, the American entrepreneurs, the American families and companies that are running honest, legitimate businesses, paying their taxes, giving their employees benefits, paying their Social Security and Medicare taxes, paying property taxes, 
having to file all this nonsensical paperwork with the interference that we've never seen before from the FUDA, and yet, all of a sudden, Obama, with the stroke of a pen, screws all those American cigar manufacturers. Marco Rubio visited the J.C. Newman Cigar Factory in Ybor City, the traditional cigar-making area in Tampa this week, this past Wednesday. Had all the press there. In fact, I saw Eric Newman on the NBC Nightly News for about three seconds uh, while they did a video piece about Marco Rubio and the Florida election. And, of course, they talked about Marco Rubio saying that Trump shouldn't use any of the WikiLeaks because it was taken illegally from the Russians. Who knows whether it was or not? I don't know. I haven't seen the evidence. Now, if, if the in, uh, U.S. intel departments, NSA, CIA, want to confirm that and show us the evidence, show us the proof, fine, then I'll believe it. But until then, that's just the Democrat Party spilling their, their uh, propaganda. We don't know for fact. Do I think it's likely? Sure. Do we know for fact? I don't. But he went on to talk about how we shouldn't take that, which is nonsense. But he did draw attention to the regulation of premium cigars, and that's why he visited an American company employing American workers. And I think they have about 130 workers at the J.C. Newman Cigar Factory in Ybor City. And they work on machines that are some are 30 years, 50 years, 80 years old. And the he talked about the FDA regulation, saying that Anybody who knows about the premium cigar industry knows it's not an industry that targets or consumed by young Americans. And Rubio, who's a cigar smoker, held up one of the Newman's Brickhouse cigars. Great cigar, by the way. They've got the Brickhouse Maduro, which I was instrumental in blending and in creating a number of years ago. I'll talk about that probably next week. But Rubio made a point saying the end result of this horrible FDA regulation, worst case scenario, half the people working here in Tampa will lose their jobs, maybe more, because many of the blends that they have introduced have come at that factory after 2009. Or correction, 2007. 2007, nine years ago. Now again, these are people that are working hard, paying their taxes. The Newmans provide health insurance. The Newmans provide benefits as do all many of the other companies, American manufacturers, and they're getting screwed. And, and Rubio brought light to the Traditional Cigar Manufacturing and Small Business Jobs Preservation Act, a bipartisan bill which would exempt large and premium cigars from FUDA regulations. And he's hoping to try to attach it to another bill this year. Not so sure. But it has bipartisan support. But again, here's an example of Obama screwing the very people who are his constituency, whom he serves, the American citizens, the American taxpayers. And he did it without any forethought as to what would happen to these existing manufacturers. So we gave Cuba an unfair advantage. And if you don't think there's going to be a giant black market now in this country, think again. And every Cuban cigar sold in this country through the black market, not subject to federal excise tax, not subject to FDA regulation, not subject to sales tax, not subject to all the other onerous FUDA reports, regulations, and inspections. It is not right. And once again, this is a perfect example of, the, of those of us that are taxpaying Americans living no longer in a constitutional republic, but in an administrative estate, an administrative state that is run by bureaucrats that are accountable to no one, that never received one vote, yet interfere in the lives of hundreds of millions of Americans. And what gets me about these bureaucrats 
is that they look down upon us. They look, they, they really think that they are so far smarter than us. They look at themselves as the arbiters of what is right and what is wrong. And what really perturbs me is they now look at the American taxpayers as the enemy, as the evil ones, as enemies of this nation. Wrong. The true enemies of this country are the administrators and bureaucrats sitting in Washington, D.C., a giant cesspool of a government swamp, and it must be cleaned up. Hillary's not the one to do it. Trump can get it done. But it's got to get done because this is, the, this is a perfect example of bureaucrats and now a presidential administration screwing the very people that pay the taxes, that pay their bills, that pay the fair share that they're always quetching about. Enough is enough. The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with the General now at Cigar Dave Show. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Hi. I know everybody's familiar with the 95-rated Decade, one of the finest cigars ever made and produced by Rocky Patel. Well, he outdid himself. I'm here to introduce a new Decade Cameroon. It's got a beautiful African Cameroon wrapper on it. And when you put this wrapper with the wonderful blend of the Decade cigar, it just takes it to another level. You get that little sweetness on the back of your palate. You get the cedar, the hickory notes with a little bit of spice. You know what I want to do? I want to just sit in my backyard 
on my patio or a bar stool and enjoy the cigar. You can take it all the way down. I tell you, Rocky, you outdid yourself on this one. And if you haven't tried it, it's going to be at your local retail store. Go get yourself one. You won't be disappointed because this cigar, man, does it smoke great. Surgeon General's warning. Listening to Cigar Dave talk about the F-U-D-A will cause you anger, and you'll want to overthrow the career bureaucrats. Long live the Alpha. I second that. All for that, let me take a sip of my freshly brewed hot espresso. Mmm. Ah, I have to tell you, there's something very elegant, very relaxing about having a nice cup of espresso. Mmm. Or Cafe Cubano, as you get ready to enjoy a cigar, which I will in the next segment. I want to continue on talking about some items in the world of cigars. Uh, first of all, we're already seeing the impact of the FUDA regulations, taxation, filing fees, registration fees, paying the attorneys to prepare all the documents necessary to comply with this onerous and ridiculous FUDA regulations. Large cigar manufacturer, I will not disclose who it was. They laid off 30 people this week. My understanding is there are more coming from some other manufacturers to be able to comply and pay the fees that are going to be necessary. General Cigar is raising their prices. They did raise their prices beginning of this month, anywhere between 10 to 80 cents. Uh, Macanudos, they're increasing 20 to 30 cents. Other cigars uh, in excess of 30 cents. Why? to be able to pay the lawyers. The attorneys are going to get wealthy on this. Pay the fees for the FDA. And you, the consumer, are going to feel it. And if there are additional user fees, which we think they're going to be from the FUDA, you'll feel that too. Just absurd. Enough with the FUDA. We've got to pray and hope that this onerous regulation is overturned either through courts or through the House. The October selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is a Casa Torrent vertical sampler, including the Casa Torrent Siri 1973 from A. Torrent Cigars. This cigar uses a San Andreas Criollo wrapper and binder with fillers from Mexico and Nicaragua. The Casa Torrent Siri 1973 is a medium-bodied smoke that is extremely smooth. It's easy to join the Officers Club to have these cigars shipped directly to you. Just log on to CigarDave.com It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper, fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. 
Wow, he's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit DiamondCrown.com. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. Beer. 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 Everybody. Beer. It's some great sing-along songs, ladies and gentlemen. We'd like to have everybody join in and sing along with the band. In heaven, there is no fear. That's why we drink and beer. And when we're gone from With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, I have the or I had the privilege yesterday of attending an ICE event featuring the great Ava Uvesian at the Davidoff of Geneva store in the Cigar City. Avo, of course, the guest of honor. And so in his honor, it is only appropriate that today I pair a cigar with one of the Cigar Oktoberfest beers that I have selected, and I need something that's going to be on the medium to full side. Now, Avo's got a great lineup of cigars, and every time Avo gives me a new blend, he's like, I want you to try this, Dave. It's the best ever. And I said, Avo, you told that to me last year. And he said, I was BSing you. Well, one of the cigars he gave me about six, seven years ago to try, which is indeed a fabulous cigar, is the Avo Heritage. Avo wanted to create a cigar that would represent the heritage, the legacy of himself in the music industry, of himself in the cigar industry, and he wanted a cigar that would stand the test of time, something with a lot of flavor, so he and Hanky Kellner, Hendrik Kellner of Tabacos Dominicanos, one of the foremost blenders in the world, Worked for several years on the new blend, and they came up with the Avo Heritage, which consists of a beautiful, nice, oily, shiny Ecuadorian sun-grown wrapper, binder from the Dominican Republic, filler from the Dominican Republic, both the binder and filler from one of Hanky's many farms, and as Hanky Kellner has explained to me on many occasions, he's got the patented Hendrik Kellner, the Kellner scale of strength and aroma. And what's very interesting is you can have a farm right across the street from each other and they'll each produce a slightly different taste variant. And he's got a big in his office, he's got a giant board showing all the farms and the different complexities and ratings and it's fascinating. And Hanky has explained this to me on numerous occasions, the science behind it. But all you need to know is they took the best tobaccos, blended them for a nice, rich, full-flavored cigar. The Avo Heritage is not for a, a, a novice. It is not for someone that wants a mild, creamy cigar. This cigar has a lot of tooth to it, 
has a lot of flavor to it, some spice to it, almost some, I would say, an apple-like sweetness, but with a lot of flavor. Just a lot of strength, but very balanced. Now, it comes in about five different sizes, six different sizes. Now, the Toro is my favorite, six by 50, six inches in length, 50 ring gauge. But I'm going to try a cigar, a size that I haven't had in this line, the Short Torpedo. So it's a Torpedo, a Figurado cigar, but smaller than a regular Torpedo, which normally is six, six and a half by 52 to 56. This is four and a half inches in length, so shorter than a Robusto. And at the base, at the foot of the cigar, flares to a 52 ring gauge. So four and a half inches in length, 52 ring gauge. Suggested retail is about $775, $750 for this cigar. And anywhere between $750 to $850, $9 on the Avo Heritage range. Well-priced, very nice cigar. That's what I will enjoy today, the Avo Heritage. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. I've got myself sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready to go. You cannot use a piercer. You cannot use your thumb on a torpedo. you got to use a, a guillotine. Some people have tried a V-cut, not recommended. Guillotine is the best way to go. That's what I will use. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. I have my lightation device. Actually, I picked this up. This is interesting. I saw some of these on sale. These are one of these baker torches that uh, bakers use for when they use baked Alaska or they're going to do flambés. And I picked one of these things up. It was on sale. It was like 15 bucks. Huge tank. Flame that shoots out like six inches. Big flame. That's what I would use today. Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. Just the right amount of the cap taken off. And this is what is key. This is very key. When you are cutting a Figurato, a torpedo, pointed end, it looks like a missile, torpedo. The key is you don't want to take too much off. One of the, the benefits of a torpedo is that you can have a big ring gauge at the foot of the cigar, but a smaller ring gauge that actually sits in the mouth or between the chompers or between your lips. So the key is you don't want to take too much. I take it just where the shoulder rounds. So when the shoulder, when the cigar, if you look at it, goes straight up and it starts to curve in, we call that the shoulder, that's where I cut it. And that's exactly what I have done. Let me toast the foot of this cigar with this beautiful baker's type of torch. Again, it was like 15 bucks. I saw this thing on sale. It's normally like 40 bucks. You can't go wrong. So I'm going to toast the foot of this cigar. Beautiful looking wrapper, nice and oily, nice sheen to it, feels nice, wonderful aroma on the nose, taking my time, never want to be in a rush when it comes time to lighting our cigars, all right, the cigar is now fully toasted, I will puff and rotate, and while away, permission is hereby granted, in fact, not permission, it's an order, you light up wherever you are, pick up a fine cigar, cut it, conduct lightation, celebratory ceremony, there we go, oh yeah, Great aroma, nice draw, mm, definite and spice, tad bit sweetness, it's good, mm. blow on the foot of that cigar, need to just hit one area that's just a little bit not uh, quite lit, I want a nice even amber glow across the foot of that cigar, that is fantastic, mm. absolutely 
spectacular. So, my cigar is now lit. My Alvo Heritage, we are celebrating Cigar in Oktoberfest. And I had some wise ass, some wussified beta probably, some enemy of pleasure, probably a Democrat, email me saying, Oktoberfest ended October 3rd, you moron. Why you continue talking about it? Because if you would listen to this show, you schmuck, you putz, you dumbass, you would realize that we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest. We don't need, there's no right or wrong. If I declare it to be Oktoberfest through the entire month of October, Cigar Oktoberfest, then that's exactly how we're going to celebrate. And frankly, if I want to enjoy Oktoberfest until December 31, by God, that's what we're going to do. I don't need a damn enemy of pleasure or some wussified beta to give me permission. And you know what? Neither do you. You don't need permission to enjoy your cigar. You don't need permission to fire up a steak. You don't need permission to enjoy a libation. And if someone tries to tell you you do, you hit the eject button. And I don't care if that's a wife, a friend, or a brother or sister. If they don't, if they look at you and look down upon you for wanting to enjoy alpha male pleasure maneuvers, tell them where they can stick it. So, to that uh, uncouth, low-class boor who wrote me, Cigar Oktoberfest has been celebrated on the Cigar Dave Show the entire month of October since we've been doing it probably 20 years, 18 years, whatever it is. And we will continue to do it until October 31st. If you don't like it, too damn bad. So, now, I've got my libation here. Let me bring this over. Got my glass. Actually, my Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. I was almost jumping the gun. I couldn't wait to get to this beer. Now, the beer that I've selected comes to us from Goose Island Beer Company in Chicago, Illinois. Home of the Bears. I wonder if Coach Dicka likes this kind of beer, the Goose Island beer. Well, actually, this is their Matilda. Now, actually, there is a cigar known as a name Matilda, spelled a little differently from Jose Seas. But Matilda is a unique beer. That is brewed by Goose Island Beer Company in Chicago. It is a Belgian-style pale ale, and they say it is wild in character, a complex ale with dried fruit, clove aromas, and a satisfying dry finish. Now, this is the Belgian-style ale is inspired by the Trappist ales, the Belgian-style pale ale fermented with the wild yeast called Britannomyces. Now, for a enemy of pleasure, for a beta, for a Democrat, they'd never be able to pronounce that. But fear not, we're highly educated here. So it is a golden sunrise color. As I said, some dry fruit, clove aromas, spicy yeast flavor, dry finish. And according to legend, a grateful Countess Matilda founded a monastery where over centuries monks have been brewing ale unique in character. So, a Chicago twist to a Belgian-style pale ale. Let me open it up, and then I will tell you a little bit more about this particular beer, the IBUs and the alcohol by volume. Let me do this. Nope. That opened up. Let me pour that. Now, this is indeed a very nice golden dark color. It is uh, a nice deep gold, almost bordering on amber. Wonderful notes. A little bit of yeastiness. Definite some fruit. Let me say, 
Cheers. Wow, this is fantastic. Definite notes of yeast. Not hoppy in any way, shape, or form. Some slight hoppiness, but not much. But definitely more on the yeast taste. Let me take another sip here. Mm. Hard to believe this is a 7% alcohol by volume beer. In terms of bitterness, IBUs, International Bitterness Units, it's 26. So relatively low. This beer has won some uh, nice awards. In 2005, it won the gold medal in the Belgian and French-style ale category at the Great American Beer Festival. And when we talk about a Belgian pale ale, it uh, closely resembles an English pale ale. Uh, it could be amber, even copper in color, nice toasted malt quality, moderate strength, some fruitiness, some yeast. It is very, very pleasant. I'll tell you what, I would highly recommend this. It's a nice accompaniment to my Avo heritage. And I'll tell you what else, even if you smoke a mild-bodied cigar, a Connecticut wrap cigar, this beer would go very nicely. So the Matilda Belgian-style pale ale by Goose Island Beer is now open. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And in the next hour, let me tell you that we will be joined by John Russo Jr., John Russo Sr., the founders of Hamburg Brewing in uh, the Western New York Theater of Operations. They have grown like crazy. They've got an incredible brew pub right on premises. They're getting people visiting from four or five states and the entire country because Buffalo has become a nice little mecca of craft brewing. So we will speak with them when I was up there back in August for the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the river. Had a chance to sit with them and enjoy and sample about four or five of their beers. We will do that in the next hour as we continue our Cigar Oktoberfest celebration. Download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to the general anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish, and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm going to go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar, but the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I got to tell you, it's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree, but guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. 
That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. comfort and convenience. The general has turned on the no pleasure police sign. You may now feel free to enjoy the good life. This combination of Avo Heritage cigar with this Matilda Belgian style pale ale off the charts. I could drink this honest to god, I can drink I could drink a 12 pack of this thing. It is that pleasant and that refreshing. Just some interesting notes on this Matilda. It uses three types of, correction, four types of hops. And the malts, three malts, it's called Turo, Candy, Sugar, and Caramel. i got to find, I've got to get more information on that because this beer is just magnificent. Mm. Mm. I almost want to stop the show and just drink this uh, for the next hour. But we cannot do that. Let me tell you, if you're a member of the Officers Club, next week we'll be shipping out the Casa Torrent Vertical Sampler which includes the original Casa Torrent 1901, the Casa Torrent 1942, and the Casa Torrent Series 1973. All of these cigars use wrapper grown on the Torrent family farms in Mexico, including their incredible San Andreas Morón wrapper, a nice Maduro, and their San Andreas Criollo wrapper. Incredible. You will love these. Three different taste profiles. Great prices on these cigars, between eight and a half and nine and a half dollars. Just uh, square pressed, magnificent cigars. You will see those. And I will tell you, the Torrents have been growing tobacco since the 1800s. They're primarily known initially for their Tiamo brand, but their Casa Torrents off the chart. And I, I know Alberto and Alejandro Torrent very well. They're just great people. And at one time, people, consumers looked and said, oh, Mexican cigar tobacco, a little harsh, forget it. Now, it is the most sought-after tobacco. There's San Andreas Marone off the charts. And they're also going to be bringing back a blend. I was talking to Alejandro this week. The Tiamo Revolution. They don't know if they're just going to call it Tiamo or Revolution. They brought it out in 2012 with Altadas. It kind of went by the wayside, but they're going to uh, re-blend it. Great packaging. They gave me some samples to try. I'm telling you, it is going to be another winner. They make incredible cigars, and they're great folks. Now, i got a great story that I want to share with you. Leonardo DiCaprio, actor, climate change environmentalist, and a climate change crusader. You hear him always talking about climate change. We have to do something. Yet, he never has a problem getting on private jets crisscrossing the country, even to go across the country for a day and go back. The emails that came out from uh, when Sony was hacked show that when he was somewhere, I think he was in New York, needed to get back to L.A. and then go back to New York, he did so 
overnight. Basically, it was an overnight trip. Now, he could have taken commercial. He could have spared the globe from a carbon footprint, but instead, not happening. Instead, takes the private jets. He was at the White House. Oh, this is probably a few years ago, and I dug this up and said that those that don't believe in climate change shouldn't even be permitted to hold office. He said that if you don't, the scientific consensus is in, the argument is over. If you don't believe in climate change, you don't believe in facts or in science or empirical truths, and therefore, in my humble opinion, should not be allowed to hold public office. Well, I got a big problem because the evidence is not in. Whenever somebody says the evidence is done, then why not let the evidence speak for themselves? Let the evidence speak for themselves. But instead, there's a reason why they don't let the evidence speak for themselves, because the evidence is not empirical. It is not fact. It is opinion. That's like saying the earth is flat. We know it. Anybody that disagrees is a denier, and they should be excoriated. We know how that turned out. The earth is not flat. Now, let me relay a story that took place in the cigar city of Tampa earlier this week. At one of the private terminals, there was a plane that was transporting Leonardo DiCaprio. I believe the plane was an Astra. It was not a Westwind. I believe it was a, uh, an Astra, which is uh, made in Israel. Very nice plane. Nice plane. <clears throat> Excuse me. Very comfortable. Can go coast to coast. No problem. Well, there was a technical issue with the plane, a mechanical issue. And Leonardo DiCaprio was stuck in Tampa all day, needed to get back to L.A. So one of the pilots, one of the charter pilots here, who I know, who told me this story, who I believe without any question, and I had it backed up by some other people, guy comes up to him. There's a Citation 10, which is a very fast airplane. It is huge engines. You can do Mach 0.92, almost the speed of sound. You can go from the Cigar City of Tampa to Los Angeles. Normally, that would take you... Four hours and 40 minutes, four hours, 30 minutes, 445, depending on the winds. You can do that thing in three and a half hours. It is a fast airplane. It'll cut an hour, maybe more coast to coast without any question. So he sees the pilot by the plane. DiCaprio walks up to him and says, is that your plane? He said, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm the pilot for it. He said, I need to get to Los Angeles. This is a bag. I got $100,000 cash in this bag. I'll give it to you to take me to Los Angeles. So the pilot was stunned. I mean, he would have looked and said, it doesn't cost us $100,000 to go to Los Angeles. And back, cost us way less than that. And he said, look, I'm sorry, this isn't my plane. You got to talk to the charter operator. And they said, sorry, we've got another, uh, that, that's an owner's plane. We operated for him. And uh, he needs the plane. He's going somewhere else. Now, think about this. Who carries a bag of 100000 in cash? It's like a, from a, a movie, from a mob scene, a, a mob movie, or a drug cartel, you know, like one of the drug kingpins, you know, like, uh, like, like, like uh, from the Medellin cartel or the Cali cartel. They're coming and saying, Senor, here's $100,000. You need to get me out of Colombia now. Hundred grand he gives him, and he says, nope, can't do it. Now, here's a guy, here's a guy that jumps up and down about climate change, that we all must do our part, yet has no problem taking private planes just for himself. He was the only passenger across the country. 
Never mind that Delta has a nonstop the next morning. Never mind he could have gotten out on Delta or American or even Southwest that afternoon. Oh, no. No, no. Big climate changer, environmentalist Leonardo DiCaprio had to go private, willing to pay 100 grand cash for a one-way trip. Three-and-a-half-hour trip in a citation, a citation tent. The hypocrisy is overwhelming. Anytime you hear Al Gore or DiCaprio or any of these other clowns talk about climate change, just remember, it's do as I say, not as I do with these clowns. Tell them to go screw themselves. Who cares what they think? Lieutenant's hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show is next. We celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest, Hamburg Brewing with John Russo Jr. and Sr. Next hour, stay right there. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the general Cigar Dave. As I thoroughly enjoy my Avo heritage, it is smoking just beautifully. Accompanied by my Matilda Belgian-style pale ale, I'm telling you, I could drink this nonstop between now and infinitum. It is that smooth, that delicious. I think I've got a new favorite brewski here. But we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest. And as we do, we celebrate all things involved in beer. We've had the opportunity to talk to many great people in the world of craft beer. And next week, we will conduct a big tasting with our friend Mike Bryant over at Dunedin Brewing, where we get about 15, 16 different beers. We test them. We try them so that we give you the knowledge you need to be able to walk in and purchase some great beers to enjoy and pair up with cigars and great delicacies. Had the chance to talk to John Russo Jr. and Sr. at Hamburg Brewing when I was up in Buffalo last August. We're celebrating Cigar Oktoberfest, and today I am at Hamburg Brewing Company in Hamburg, New York, just south of my hometown of Buffalo. And joining me, two longtime friends who participated in the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest the last two years, we have John Russo Sr. and John Russo Jr. Gentlemen, great to have you on the Cigar Dave Show. What a magnificent splendid setting that we are in. We're enjoying great cigars overlooking this uh, beautiful lake, this pond. The weather is fantastic. Right next to the brew house, life is good. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to uh, Hamburg Brewing, Dave. Yeah, thanks for having us. And let me ask the history. First of all, John Sr., your family, this isn't the first foray into the food or beverage business, your family synonymous with Sorrento Cheese, a nationally known uh, brand for many, many years, and you sold the company, and I guess you got bored just sitting around. Well, I, uh, I uh, <coughs> spent a, a lot of years after that actually raising my son, and um, 
So uh, after he got out of college, we were looking for something to do together. And uh, John um, took up home brewing and um, went to the Siebel Institute to check out the uh, brewing business from a, their standpoint. Came back and said, Dad, this is, this is what's going on. And um, we took it from there. We had this facility already uh, pretty much empty at the time. And it turned out to be a perfect spot to do what we're doing today. And uh, we're enjoying every minute of it. And there's some great stories about how, you know, you, you were with a very large company. And, of course, you helped grow Sorrento cheese. But you've kind of do a little, you both do a little bit of everything because the first time I came, I saw you coming off a truck after making deliveries to the local distributor, Serto Brothers. So you do a little bit of everything, I guess, when you're uh, creating a brand new brewery. Well, that's how we grew up in the, in the cheese business. My dad founded the company. My brother and I both did pretty much every job that you could possibly do at, at Sorrento Cheese growing up from the youth all the way through to the, to the last day we worked there. And one of those things when uh, in the early 70s, when we would get in a, in a bind, we'd hop in a truck and deliver to New York, Chicago, Detroit, wherever, um, if our other drivers were on the road. So, yeah, we pretty much did it all. And I, I call that the Buffalo blue collar work ethic. Yeah. That even if you, you're white collar, when need be, you get in the truck, you do what has to be done to get the job done. And I think that's very endemic. I think certainly to Western New York, but also the Midwest and, and a very special part of the country uh, here in Western New York. And John Jr., obviously you were a beer connoisseur. You did the home brewing. So tell us about your home brewing exploits and how you went from home brewing to commercial brewing. Uh, well, I started by uh, spilling unproduced, unfinished beer on my stove like every other home brewer in America, uh, stinking up the whole house, and uh, slowly converted my setup into something a little bit uh, more practical for what we do. Um, and, and then after making several different beers and, and tasting a lot of different things, uh, it's a dangerous hobby is what I tell everybody, and it's morphed into something a little more professional, uh, and, you know, my dad kind of explained the story of how we started, and you know, it's five years in the making, and we're about to celebrate our third anniversary. So it it goes very quickly, is what I can say. And you're still growing. I just saw you've got a, a new brew house. You've added new tanks and fermenters. So everything you're making, I know you both told me you're putting reinvesting back into the into the business uh, in the business in the brewery. Constantly, we're, our growth is uh, pretty good for a company our size and the market that we're in and uh, we want to continue that there's a lot of breweries opening there's a lot of competition a lot of great beer being made uh, so we just want to carry what we're doing forward and, and just move on so let me ask john senior when john jr said i think i want to take it to the next level go from home brewing sticking up the house to making it professionally what was your reply well we visited we, we traveled all over the country and we visited home ever uh, craft breweries all over the country. Which I'm sure was a very difficult thing for both of you to do. <laughs> yeah. Having to travel the country, test so many beers, yeah. that was grueling, I'm I mean, sure. Day after day. It's all we did was drink beer. I it's mean, horrible. It's, it is ter a terrible <laughs> That was his reply. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean that's, that's how you get ed educated. So uh, we had a lot of fun doing that. And then, you know, we just said, okay, let's, let's do it. And so uh, we did some research on companies that 
make the uh, beer making equipment, and it's a lot of it's very much like the cheese making equipment. And so, um, didn't take long to catch on what was good for us. And I was brought up uh, and taught by my dad that quality is what counts no matter what you do. And so we looked for the best quality equipment and we hired some great brewers and our mission here is all about quality and that's how I grew up and that's what I want my son to know and the brewer and that's what we're all about here is quality. So you know my, it's interesting because my grandfather said the same thing. He said it's always about quality. People will forget price but they will never forget quality. They'll always remember quality, if a product's good or bad. Exactly. And that's true. We see so many companies today that kind of forget that mantra, where they're trying to shave nickels and pennies when really it's about quality. And I think we're here on a just a gorgeous, uh, gorgeous summer day, late summer day, I should say, right after the Alpha Pleasure Fest. And the outdoor area is packed, inside is packed, because you make a quality product and it's a wonderful environment. And I guarantee you, people aren't looking and saying, geez, how much is this beer or that beer? They're looking at the different flavors. They're looking at the, at the, the tastes. It's all about quality. That's really what it's uh, it's all about. Our guests are John Russo, Jr., John Russo, Sr., of Hamburg Brewing, just outside of Buffalo. So, John Sr., let me ask you, when you were traveling, looking at various craft brewers, what, give me one or two things that really stood out that you carried with you when you started Hamburg Brewing. Well... <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, we pretty much went across the country and visited the smallest ones up to the very large ones. And um, the thing that stood out the most is when you talk, when you t would talk with the people of, of these breweries, um, it was all about having fun. I mean, really, uh, and that that's one of our goals here is to. Um, continue to make a great product and distribute it and and people a lot of times people ask you know how big do you want to get and and I go you know it's just like dropping a pebble in the water and the ripples go out you just follow the ripples and, and that's what we want to do here and um, in a nice controlled way so you never really said we want to get this big your whole focus was we just want to make great beer yeah and then people will come people will enjoy it and then we'll take the growth from there yeah is it John Jr., is the growth where you thought it would be, or did you have any idea it would explode? And why don't we talk about your territory right now, because we're at your brewery, which is just south of Buffalo, not far from actually New Era Field, formerly known as Ralph Wilson Stadium, uh, just probably about not even four or five miles. But where is your primary distribution area? Our primary distribution area is in uh, the Buffalo area, a little bit of Rochester, part of the Finger Lakes, and uh, the southern tier. So our, where is our growth uh, compared to where we thought it was going to be when we started? Miles ahead of it. Uh, we had no idea it would take off this fast, and so we're very fortunate. And you've got a great distributor here in Buffalo, uh, Peter Serto of Serto Brothers, longtime friend of the show, and he's really taken on the beer and, and done great things with it. So let's talk about, you talk about some of the things you took away. What was the first first order of business after you decide, after you've, you've traveled the country, you've looked at different breweries, what was the first thing that you, you did at that point? Uh, we had to figure out what we wanted to order for equipment because the lead times on some of the stuff uh, were very long, six months. So you ordered everything new? Pretty much, yeah. There was a couple of things we picked up later on that were not new. Um, 
after a little bit of education, and, and uh, it was they were good. But uh, you know, not long after that, it was we need to find a brewer that's had some great experience uh, because I have had zero experience in a production environment, and uh, it's a, it's night and day difference between home brewing and production. So you so. brought in a master brewer, right? And where did you find him? Uh, the internet, like everything else. Uh, we found Scott, our head brewer, uh, just just by chance. He was working down at Abita, and he was looking for a new experience. And uh, Abita, of course, is in New Orleans. Uh, they're pretty pretty large brand in the country at this point. Um, so he was working with some great people that are still there, uh, that trained him, and, and the guy's invaluable to what we, we have going on here. So. So he came from New Orleans up to Hamburg, up to Buffalo. That Correct. was a sales job there. To get I was going to say. To get him to come up. I, I, I hope you did it on a summer day. That The sales pitch was during the spring or summer, early fall, not during the winter. Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. So you're right on the cusp. Yeah. Right on the cusp. And he's been with you how long now? Uh, it's three years and two months. Okay, so three, three, years. three years. So I guess yeah. he's sticking around. So far, so good. He's a very the, happy guy. Yeah, the, the, two, the two winners that happened after he got here were the last two winners we had, in which we all know were the worst two winners that we've had in a long time. And everyone has been telling him that it's not normally like this. And he probably heard it a thousand times, and he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> well, I know the summer in Buffalo this, uh, this year was fantastic. So uh, long string of 80, 90-degree days, so made up for it certainly this past summer. We're talking with John Russo Jr., John Russo Sr. of Hamburg Brewing. We will continue celebrating Cigar Oktoberfest, taking a look at this very unique craft brewer as we continue front and center. You, you need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following The General, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars, info on the show each week, and see what The General is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. Hi, this is Rocky Patel, and every day our personal rights and privileges are being taken away by the federal government so we can enjoy what we love, our cigars. We introduced the freedom to celebrate all the time and energy spent in Washington, D.C. fighting for the rights of cigar smokers and against unfair tax and regulation. This cigar has a beautiful Oscuro wrapper that when combined with the variety of Nicaraguan tobaccos produces a rich, spicy flavor. The smoke of this complex cigar introduces spice with hints of sweet espresso and cocoa with a slight touch of oak and nut on the back of your palate. So celebrate life and protect your right by enjoying and reaching out for a Rocky Patel Freedom Cigar. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes store or the Google Play store, search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. 
You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. <laughs> what about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next, how about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Now, who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yet costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. Cigar Oktoberfest, one of my favorite times of the year. We get to combine cigars and great beers. Football season is in full swing. We're at Hamburg Brewing Company in Hamburg, New York, just south of my hometown of Buffalo. John Russo Sr., John Russo Jr., the owners and proprietors of Hamburg Brewing, joining me. Now, what was the first beer when you started uh, about three years ago brewing? What was the first beer that you released? Uh, the first beer we released, actually we'll call it brewed because we released about four at the same time. But the first one we brewed was uh, our White Corner Wheat, which was named after the original um, name of Hamburg back in the 1800s called White's Corner. Uh, we don't have it on the menu at the moment. No, I was just looking for it on the menu. It's out for a couple weeks. It'll be back actually probably next week. Uh, but it is a basic just wheat ale, uh, and it's actually packed with flavor for how basic it is. Simple, simple to make. Uh, the right combination of ingredients really bring out a lot of a lot of stuff in there. So, um, but simultaneously, small town came came out, and that's been our uh, our breadwinner since we opened. It's a Belgian style saison, uh, and it's been our most popular hands down since. For three years. And that's what I'm enjoying right now, about five, uh, just over 5% alcohol by volume. I'd say it's uh, light and bright. It's a very easy drinking beer that's packed with flavor for 5%. Uh, you've got a little bubble gum, banana, clove on the nose, and then it actually fades uh, into a nice, crisp, citrusy finish when you drink it. And then next after Small Town, what did you release? Two others, you said? Uh, we released our IPA. And No Lux, which is a black IPA, which was our kind of cutting-edge beer at the time. Um, it's a style that's not wildly popular, but people love that beer uh, more than anything. Also not on the menu at the moment. So you went four right off the bat, which is usually that's pretty unusual. Most people will do one initially to get it going. What was the rationale behind launching four at one time? We wanted to see what would stick. So we there you threw go. a few out there. 
not long after we had our Oktoberfest out, uh, which is a traditional German-style Marzen, uh, and we followed up with an Irish Red, uh, which is a very popular style for us as well. So the Oktoberfest was released thereafter, and Small Town is still, would you say, your flagship beer? Yes, uh, we'll call it the flagship. I, I generally don't like using the word because we like to throw so much variety out there, but uh, that is that is the one that is number one for us, and uh, that's generally how it's referred to. So how was the reception? You launched all four at once. Uh, when you released them, did you just release them here at the uh, brew pub, or was it distributing through your distributor here in Buffalo, Soto Brothers? We were actually self-distributing at the time. For the first 10 months, uh, it was myself, for the most part, out of the back of a pickup truck running kegs around town, and that's how we started. Uh, we did that for about a month until we got the pub ready to open, and uh, then after that, it was uh, floodgates. So That was it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so which beer came out of the gate, out of the chute, Roaring Fast? Small town, Small for sure. Town. I, you know, I, I used it as an opportunity for a lot of bars and restaurants um, to round out their portfolio. Not a lot of guys had a refreshing, approachable Belgian-style beer on, uh, and that was something that kind of that kind of stuck. You know, everyone's got IPAs and stouts and stuff like that, which of course we do too. Uh, but that one kind of grabbed hold and, and took off. So we got the small town, a Beg Belgian saison style ale, light and bright, very refreshing. Some citrus notes, a little bit of uh, sweetness at the end. Not very hoppy. Not very hoppy, no. Now, at the time when you first distributed, just available in kegs primarily through restaurants and bars. For the first, how many months was that? It was about a year and a half. We were just draft only. Uh, and last July, we fired up our new bottling line and, and put it into 12-ounce and 750-milliliter bottles. As I remember, last year during the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest in 2015, we had bottles, so it was just around that time that you were releasing the bottles. They were very fresh bottles. <laughs> fresh and ready to go. And you yep. want fresh in terms of beer. Cigars you want nice and aged. Beer you want relatively fresh. John Sr., let me bring you in after the four, you release the four, Small Town takes off. Where do you go from there at that point? That was around 2015, so just about a year ago, and big growth in the last year. All the supermarkets have been very good to us, and uh, we've had this discussion lately about having a, the core styles out there, you know, like the backbone of the company, and, and, and rotating seasonals in and out, and as John said, it's, you know, it's getting harder and harder to get tap handles. And, um, I sometimes feel like we're competing against ourselves mm -hmm. with, with the seasonals because uh, I, I, I firmly believe you have to have the core brands. And right. We, we came out with that new package not too long ago, the Core 4, which is our you know four mainstay beers that we, we do all year long. And, um, and what are those four? The Hoppin' Stance, the IPA, the uh, Irish Red, and the Small Town. And John Shearer, let's go through those because the Small Town we talked about, talk about the Hoppin' Stance. Hoppin' Stance is our double IPA. Um, it's about 8% ABV. It's got uh, several hop varieties, but the primary one that you're going to notice is a variety called Simcoe. And that provides a great deal of citrus and grapefruit flavors. Uh, and it is a very clean, very easy drinking 8% double IPA. It's not as chewy as some of them out there. Uh, we designed it to be a little smoother and a little simpler. If you miss
miss any of the general show, you can catch up anytime with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Presented by Diamond Crown. Listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay. Or you can download a podcast of a past show. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store to get it. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. We'll get back to John Russo Jr. and Sr. in Hamburg Brewing in just a few moments. But want to remind those of you that are members of the Officers Club, later this week, we're shipping out the October 2016 selection. It consists of the new Casa Torrents, in the addition to the original Casa Torrent 1901, the new Casa Torrent 1942, and the Casa Torrent Series 1973 will be shipped to you. You'll get a vertical tasting of all three Casa Torrent square press. Beautiful cigars made by the Torrent family in Mexico. There's San Andreas Marón. There's San Andreas Criollo amongst the two hottest cigar wrappers and tobaccos in existence today. All three have slightly different taste variations. You will get those. If you're not a member of the Officers Club, don't delay. You get the latest and greatest every month. $22.95. Go to CigarDave.com. And click on Officers Club, and you'll see listings of our current selections and past selections, and we've got some great ones. Let's head back up now to the Western New York Theater of Operations, where I had a chance to converse with John Russo, Jr. and Sr. of Hamburg Brewing after my Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest this past August. Now, difference between an IPA and a double IPA is more hops? More hops, more alcohol, uh, generally a little more maltiness, but uh, in this case, it's not. So your India Pale Ale, your IPA, 6% alcohol by volume. The Hoppin' Stance, the double IPA, is 8%. And you have four hop varieties in the Hoppin' Stance, and the India Pale Ale is what? Two different types of hops? There's actually should be three. Three. 
So one more hop in the hop and stance. So the small town, the hop and stance, the India Pale Ale, and what did we say the other fourth was the Sweet Tang? Uh, Irish Red, actually. Irish Red. The Irish Red. Talk about that. The Irish Red is the total opposite of the spectrum of those other three beers. Uh, it is a very malty style. It's got a little roast to it, but it's very traditional at the same time. Uh, if you head over to Ireland, there's a lot of Irish Reds there that are pretty pretty similar. Talking with John Russo Jr., John Russo Sr. of Hamburg Brewing Company, just outside of Buffalo. I want to talk about that sweet tang. That is off the charts. Big seller for you. Yeah, it's a, our summer seasonal. We got bored with the grapefruit trend. You know, everyone's throwing it into IPAs and such. I'm like, why don't we do a clean lager? Let's do a clean lager with grapefruit, and uh, it turned out great. We used uh, a bunch of real grapefruit in it, and uh, it, it ages for a little while uh, just to get that lagering effect. And uh, it's very easy to drink, very crisp, very refreshing. I notice you have one that says house dressing. Why do I almost think that that should be a blue cheese type flavored beer? You know, with wings, we're in Buffalo. That would be great. You know, house dressing with, with some wings. Well, that one's, uh, <laughs> that one's based off of New York State. We, uh, we figure New York is our house and this is the dressing. A lot of the ingredients there you here go. were grown in the state of New York. Uh, not typical of the rest of our beers. Something unique. Now, one of the things you were mentioning to me is that getting hops is relatively difficult now because of the huge uh, expansion of the craft brewery industry that it's getting tougher and tougher, uh, just like we saw, geez, probably about 20 years ago with cigar tobacco. When the renaissance took place, it was very difficult to get aged tobacco. You're saying the same thing is going on with hops currently. Yeah, there's a lot of trends that come in and come out pretty quick. Um, and so, you know, the hop varieties that exist are quickly consumed uh, by guys that have access to them. And they're producing the best IPAs in the country. And it's really about access to, to some of these ingredients. Um, we basically have to get on waiting lists for years to get some of the stuff that we want. Uh, I mentioned Simcoe and, and Hoppenstance. Uh, as a startup brewery, we couldn't just go out and get that at a reasonable price. We could certainly pay through the nose for it, but that's not uh, not good business sense at the same time. So, so after being in business a number of years, you were then able to get that? Hop? We were on a waiting list. A waiting list? Yep. And where's that hop grown? Uh, that's out in Yakima Valley for the most part in the Pacific Northwest. That's where the majority of the United States grown hops are uh, grown. Now, we're in western New York. New York State's a very big agriculture state. Any locally sourced ingredients for the beer that you use? Aside from the water, of course. Um, so the, the house dressing I mentioned, we do some, uh, some local ingredients to that one. It's locally grown hops and locally grown malt. Um, in fact, we just recently brewed a wet hop beer in which we picked the hops about a day ago, actually, and brewed them today within 24 hours. Um, and that is uh, all New York State ingredients. So all the malt, all the hops, the water, everything. John Cedar, I want to ask you because when we were here, when I was here last time uh, back in, in uh, June, you showed me you expanded. New tanks, new ferment, uh, fermenters, you've increased your capacity dramatically. Where do you go? Where does Hamburg Brewing go from here? Well, the new facility, uh, we'll be able to triple, we'll be able to triple um, our production over the next whatever year, two, three years, whatever. If it keeps going, it could be a couple more years. But we made the facility big enough where we can add <clears throat> enough fermenters, enough storage to uh, equal what we can make on our, in our brew house on an annual basis. So pretty much we'll be maxed out at that point. 
at which point we'll probably find another location built just a straight brewery straight brewery keep this location here uh, the tap room has been extremely successful and people love coming here and enjoying the beer so we'll keep this just the way it is and make seasonals here or a particular style and then have a straight run brewery somewhere to god willing that we can continue to grow like this i've toured many craft brewers and breweries across the country i don't think there is a brewery set in a more picturesque and scenic location than hamburg brewing tell me about this piece of property that we're on because when you gave me the tour you actually have uh model trains in there and there's almost like a museum in part of the brew, uh, brewing area and then you have the, the tap house and a beautiful outdoor area that's cigar friendly so tell me what what was this property well or what is this property my brother joe and i built this facility in 1990 at that time post sorrento cheese we were in the muscle car business and we actually had a dealer's license we bought and sold uh, muscle cars we had extensive an extensive collection and uh, we had that for quite a few years and then we kind of lost interest in it and we we sold the, the collection off and the building pretty much sat empty for a long time then this opportunity came along and it turned out to be a perfect facility so i mean the, the train is all my brother joe that's that's the train, and there's there's actually a caboose a real live caboose on a track yeah just uh just off maybe about 100 feet from where we are. Yep, and uh, he brought that in. It, it, it's a reproduction of an old bobber uh, from, I think, the early 1900s. He knows all about it. I, I don't know that much about it. And he hired a, a fellow out of uh, San Francisco to come here and build this indoor layout. And at the time, it was the second largest G-gauge layout. layout layout east of uh, the Mississippi. And the G-gauge is the big gauge. Right. I mean, that's the Mac Daddy. John, right. what you're supposed to say is my brother painstakingly over years built every single piece of track, <laughs> every bit of this, the layout, spent, you know, every night getting no sleep building yeah, the thing. he's a fanatic. <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to divulge that secret. So this this now, I mean, this is magnificent because this is a, is this a man-made pond that we're yeah, on? Yeah, we built this pond probably 30 years ago. Actually, the pond was here before the building. And this is magnificent. And again, you're cigar friendly. We're sitting outside uh, uh, on a, uh, it's late summer, even though we're running this in October, but magnificent, cigar friendly, everybody enjoying cigars, uh, tasting some great brews. And you were telling me that there are visitors on weekends, you're seeing license plates from, you know, like 10, 12 states on, yeah. a, on a normal basis. Yes, I mean, um, well, we're on the New York State Beer Trail, so people that come in from other states, if they go on, on the Internet and look it up, uh, we're on, on the Beer Trail. And I mean literally, on a Saturday, it, it could be from Texas, yeah, everywhere, Michigan, Ohio, Florida, a lot of Florida plates. We, we had a motorcycle rally in town about a month ago, and I have a picture of a guy who rode his motorcycle in with an Alaskan license plate. Really? Yeah. That, he, he wins. He's got the long That's definitely the, yeah, Did you give him something? <laughs> I didn't see him. I just saw the bike. I'm like, come on. That is incredible. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is a Casa Torrent Vertical Sampler. 
including the Casa Torrent Serie 1942 from A. Torrent Cigars. This cigar uses the same Negro San Andreas wrapper as the Serie 1901, but from a lower priming. This cigar is medium to full-bodied with some spice. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get these premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. If you're like millions of cigar buffs, you've enjoyed a love affair with Romeo y Julieta. Your passion has made it the world's best-known brand, trusted to deliver an excellent mild smoke. But now, you're ready for something new and avant-garde, something bolder with more panache. Now, there's Romeo by Romeo y Julieta, a modern, fuller-bodied smoke created to lead an exciting new trend in luxury cigars. Romeo is our finest Romeo y Julieta, an awesome manly smoke, robust and rich in complex flavor sensations. Each leaf is carefully selected, delicately aged, and meticulously crafted by expert hands full of wisdom and tenderness. Hands with decades of experience, culminating in an unforgettable smoke. Your first Romeo will blow you away. The passion you've always felt will soar to new heights. You'll discover the passion that burns within. Visit The Cigar Life on Facebook and Twitter. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco smoke increases the risk of lung cancer and heart disease even in non-smokers. in Hamburg, New York, just south of my hometown of Buffalo. John Russo Sr., John Russo Jr., the owners and proprietors of Hamburg Brewing, joining me. John Jr., obviously you're a beer enthusiast, home brewing, so there must be an active community. I know there's an active community where people are talking, where they visit breweries from across the country, they sample different beers. Do you get requests from across the country for people to ship your beer to other states? Um... I, I think a lot of people kind of understand the, the rules when it comes to that stuff. It, it is not easy to ship beer across state lines. In fact, we're not able to do that in the state of New York legally. But we do get requests from people in other states you know, to answer your question. It's uh, stuff that we get on the Internet all the time. You know, 
emails. Info at HamburgBrewing.com is where we get a lot of those questions. But if, for example, let's say a distributor in Florida or in Texas said, you know, we'd like, we've got a big following, we'd like to carry your beer, you could do that through a distributor in absolutely, one of those states. Yes. Uh, mailing individual bottles out, though, we're, we're not able to do. But distributing in other states, we're absolutely capable of doing that. And down the road, that would be something as you expand. So you have, the problem is you got to fill everybody, all the demand here in western New York and Pennsylvania. Exactly. Sooner than you think. You know, Pennsylvania is looking like a spot where we might open up soon, uh, just the Erie area to start and, and kind of grow from there. I want to ask you about the retailers that carry your beer, because... Many people come in to visit into uh, the Buffalo area, or Rochester, or now you're going to be in Erie, Syracuse. What retailers carry your beer that they can go in and purchase it and send it themselves? Uh, locally, just about every major retail chain. Uh, the Wegmans, of course, the one, Big one, supermarket of the, chain. one of the greater supermarkets around here. Tops, same thing. They're a great supermarket. They carry a lot of our beer. Uh, Consumers Beverages is a local beverage chain. They do a great job with our product, down to some of the best gas stations in the, in the area. You know, there's, our beer has uh, been in a lot of outlets recently, and uh, it's great. And now you have bottles and cans, or just bottles? Just bottles. Just bottles. Is it is does beer, in your estimation, sit better in bottles or cans? I mean, there's I know there's a little bit of a conflict there. Uh, there's no question that cans are great for beer in terms of overall shelf life and packaging. But at the same time, beer is meant to be drank fresh. So, you know, even if it's in a bottle, uh, it's not a big deal. We thought the bottle would be a great package for our consumers in this area. It's a little easier for us to, uh, to have some more varieties as well. Uh, the cans pose a small storage issue uh, in terms of you have to get them all printed ahead of time. So, right. things like that. Well, I know talking about beer and drinking it fresh, Joey Redner, who you know from Cigar City Brewing down in Tampa, He's got to be about two years ago, gave me one of their special brews, and uh, I think it was last year for Cigar Oktoberfest, we had him on the show, and he said, well, we're out of this one. I said, you know, I think I still have a large bottle of that in my refrigerator. He's like, I don't know if that's going to be any good. Well, we opened it up, it was still damn good. It it was good, and uh, he said, not advised, but it actually worked. So, uh, you're right, fresh is probably, and what is the optimal time, in your estimation, to drink beer after it's brewed? The next day. Next day. <laughs> that being kind of somewhat difficult in, circum- in certain circumstances in the distribution model, ideally three, four weeks, no problem. Sure, absolutely. We, you know, our product is great for six months in a bottle, uh, no question. A lot of things can vary that, though. Your you, three biggest enemies of beer are heat, light, and oxygen. Anytime you increase an element, one of those elements on the product, uh, it's going to wreck the shelf life. Some beers will age over time and uh, turn out better, uh, but most you want to drink fresh. IPAs you want to drink as fresh as you can. John Sr., what was one surprise? Give me one or two things that you didn't anticipate happening that occurred that in your planning process you didn't foresee. Well, I'll tell you, having grown up in a business that my father started and we came into the business, it was already going. To start a business from scratch and... There's so many unknowns. To go from scratch to where we've gone in three years uh, has been the biggest surprise to me. And and, and, it, and it all goes back to uh, that quality issue that we were talking about earlier. That And that my dad used to preach that and preach it. It's like you always sell quality. And you might not sell it as much as you want, but you'll sell it. And... and we have found out here that it's just been accepted by the local community here in such fashion that it's just totally taken me by storm. I mean, 
I'm a very happy guy. I was I was retired, and I got dragged in here, and I am the happiest guy in the world right now because I'm doing it with my son. Right. And it's it's just it's growing so fast that it's just a feel good situation. And you're still driving the truck to make deliveries now. Well, yeah. I mean, somebody's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Exactly. That's that's exactly right. No titles. Everybody does what has to be done. Hey, listen. I mean, one or two loads a week, you can't hire a full-time driver to do it. So there's two guys here with a license that can drive that truck, myself and John. Both of you. Both both Russos here. Now, let me ask you, John Jr., uh, you've got some of the other beers that we're looking at. You have one called Grounded, which I know Mrs. Harriman of one and Lieutenant Gary, who are here, are enjoying. That is a... High octane beer, 10% alcohol by volume. That's a big imperial stat. Tell me about that. Uh, it's the perfect cigar beer. So we oh, started. Wait, 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 wait. The small town I'm drinking is going perfectly with my Nimi D. So I've, I've got to take issue with that. Well, we have more than one perfect cigar there. There you go. I, I don't know what to tell you. The uh... <laughs> <laughs> Coberfest is doing just fine. <laughs> grounded, uh, grounded. We start off with a, a nice, uh, full-bodied stout. We start with a, a very, very nice beer, uh, and then we stick it into some barrels that uh, were really only used to age bourbon in for the duration, which, you know, depending on the bourbon, is between four and six years. Uh, we leave it there for about six months, then we push the barrels out and let it cold age for a little bit, get some, uh, get some maturity. And we put it together and, and carbonate it, and it comes out like this. And so what you have is a little bit of roast in there, a little bit of coffee. There's some toffee flavors, um, but you're getting a little of that char from the barrel in there as well. Uh, and, you know, kind of goes with some long ashes. That's what I can think of. That works. Now, you've also got one we're looking at here, Blackberry Goza. So the Blackberry Goza is a German-style sour. So it is a lower ABV beer. Meaning alcohol by volume. Uh, correct. That is, uh, it's got it's got some tartness to it, quite a bit, in fact. Uh, and in the process on that is we do a, something called kettle souring, where we introduce a bacteria that we really don't want anywhere near beer normally. Right. Uh, it's the only thing that is in the product that is living at the time, because of course yeast we use to ferment beer normally as a living organism. Um, so we introduce this bacteria. It produces a souring effect. It's the same way that yogurt's made, really. And then we boil it off, we ferment it like normal, and we've got ourselves a nice, nice tart beer. And I'm looking at some of the ingredients that you have in here. Blackberries, coriander, and Mediterranean sea salt. Correct. So the coriander is going to provide kind of like an orangey, uh, kind of orangey aroma and flavor to it. The sea salt kind of rounds out that tartness that you're going to taste. Uh, and the blackberries kind of give us a nice pink color uh, with a little bit of extra flavor in there. What are you working on next? What's what's in the Hamburg Brewing Research and Development Laboratories? We've got uh, our anniversary beer that's coming out is going to be uh, a nice imperial porter, some of which is being aged in Cabernet barrels at the moment. Nice. Our anniversary is uh, October 1st. So that'll be a darker, deeper beer? Yes. That one's going to be very full-bodied, tons of flavor, packed. And then our winter seasonal we're working on is uh, we're doing a, an IPA with some spruce tips, uh, something a little different, gives a little piney note to it. And I know that we had the General Dave's Alpha Male Ale, very popular at the Alpha Pleasure Fest, and already getting emails and requests from people that want to get it. So there's another one for you. Yeah, that's a good one. 
we're, uh, we're going to be working on that a little longer and, uh, you know, getting her out soon. Well, you have an open invitation to come to the Cigar City of Tampa and enjoy some great cigars, great beers, great libations and delicacies, uh, especially between the months of December and March. Come on down. Good time to, good time to come. We'll be there. <laughs> that didn't take long. <laughs> and we'll get some tours of some other uh, craft brewers while we are down there. John Jr., give me the website for people to uh, look up, and also, uh, I'm sure you've got a map on there where people can find out how to come and take a tour, take a visit. Absolutely. HamburgBrewing.com uh, has everything you need. It's got our up-to-date menus, beers, uh, everything you need to know about the brewery itself. Uh, tons of information. And we'll have a link at CigarDave.com as well. Well, great uh, way to celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest with great friends. John Russo Sr., John Russo Jr., proprietors, owners, creators of Hamburg Brewing Company. Gentlemen, an absolute delight, and we hope to see you uh, at the Alpha Pleasure Fest next year, if not sooner. Sounds good. Thanks for having us, Dave. It'll be sooner. <laughs> January to March. You got it. We will see you soon. <laughs> Just a great time, great hospitality by John Russo Jr. and Senior Hamburg Brewing. If you're ever up in the Buffalo area or nearby, I'm telling you, head over there. Their beers are incredible. Their tap room is magnificent, and we are looking to do a Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest sometime January, February 2017 in the Cigar City. We didn't do it this November because of some uh, reasons that I will get into next week. But we are working on it for January, February. Stand by for that information. Don't forget, lieutenants, as always, you can catch all the archives of Cigar Dave at CigarDave.com. Follow me at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And don't forget to download the Cigar Dave mobile app. We continue Cigar Oktoberfest next week, full tasting, as we wrap up, hard to believe, another month of Oktoberfest maneuver. Cigar Dave, the general, saying, may your humidor always be full, may your cutter always be sharp, may your ash be extra, extra long, long live the alpha, make America great again. <laughs>